Well, they say you can't keep a good dog down. You can't keep, who can't you, what can't you keep down, Bill? You can put a good dog down, you can but put it's a not a happy down. thing. No, it's not a happy thing. Oh, you can't keep a good man down. Yeah. And you can't keep a good team down. And that means the splendid Bohemians are back in town. Can you believe it? Well, you know, it's 2023. You know, there's like so much has occurred since we've done a uh, a new Splendid Bohemian podcast. And this particular podcast will be focusing on our uh, fame. Our classic, theme, our classic line. Our classic line. I put on a stack of 45s, which along with Captain Billy is a... Uh, is a family favorite, as I love to say, family favorite. And uh, we, yes, we have returned. We have returned. Uh, for those of you who have followed us, Bill remains in California for the time being. Rich Buckland, myself, have gone from Florida, moved from Florida to North Carolina, which is what part of this uh, respite has been about. And uh, plus there's been, you know, some uh, illness in the family that led to uh, uh, demise. And so therefore, you know, you combine all these things, Bill, and what does it spell? It spells life, my it friend. Spells, it's life. I like that. I like that. Those four letters, those four letters. The real four-letter word is life. And uh, how are you today, my friend? How are you? I'm in, in good spirits. I got a lot done today. I... Uh, I uh, Recycled some e-waste. I like that. Uh, you know, I had that had been sitting in the in the garage and the uh, the driveway for about two years. So I was really excited to get rid of that, and uh, I wrapped my son's birthday present, oh. and uh, and I did a little uh, did a little uh, mowing in the backyard. Oh, you've, so you're you you're a domesticated. Uh, you're domesticated yeah, taking care man. of taking care of business. Taking yeah. care of business every day. And I'm also packing up all of my cassettes, um, and um, figuring out where they can go. Well, your A track collection, of course. Now A track has to remain sacrosanct, sacrosanct for a while, but. Um, I have these loose cassettes, and I don't really have anything to play them on, and uh, I haven't listened to them in a decade. So, time to go. That's interesting, because I just acquired today a brand new Sony SC475 with uh, SMS, which allows you to seek tracks so i'm back into cassettes i'm fine very them. good very I'm, good for you i'm still fascinated with cassettes as you are fascinated with eight tracks so uh you look you can't keep the old the old school my friend the old school vibe. well I, lo I always love uh you know like many of my contemporaries i loved holding an album jacket uh and why, looking at it and reading the liner notes, but the cassettes—you could never read the liner notes; they were too small. Even when I, even when my vision was decent. Well, of course, it was mostly designed for the compact nature of it, as, mm -hmm. as, exactly. as MP3 players are now. But then the Walkman was something that you could put in your pocket or, or your backpack, and uh, you took your tunes with you. But well, now I find with a decent Bluetooth speaker and my phone. 
I can listen to anything I want. Well, this is the this is what the technology has done. The technology has uh, has widened our horizons, even as Microsoft and Google let go of thousands upon thousands of employees, one of whom was my nephew. Oh no! Yes, I'm sorry. lost his job, and uh, the market is 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 it's incredible when you think that all of this technology has possibly hit a wall. But I, the first thing they got rid of was the artificial intelligence department. I find that uh-huh. interesting. That's interesting. interesting. Yes, that's very interesting. But look, life goes But we on. still celebrate the old, the old ways. We, yes. And that's what Put On a Stack of 45 is all about. It's about the old ways. You know, you know what also it's about? It's about grooving. It's about grooving. Like today, it's a Sunday afternoon. You hit the nail on the head. It's about grooving. And, you know, sometimes you got to be, you got to let the, the rascal in you come out. You got to just have grooving. a time. The young rascals on Atlantic, 1967. I guessed it. How the hell did You that guessed happen? it. You, and you're so good at that. You're, oh you're so intuitive. God. Um, now, I did wonder... Um, you know, and it was as I was reaching back in, in into the archives to listen. As you're that, to do. You know, that the Rascals also cut a Spanish and Italian version. Yes, this was kind of like the old days when artists would record in different languages. Well, it was such a massive, massive hit. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it was four weeks number one and only separated by two weeks by Aretha Franklin respect which bumped it for two weeks but then it came back and what I find most fascinating is that Jerry Wexler the man with the magic ears didn't want to release it exactly and you know who talked him into it Murray the K Calvin Murray the K exactly. my personal hero and that's that's a show we have yet to do and it must be done Murray the K Kaufman said what are you joking this is a number one hit it's a it's there a, were no, there was no guitar no nope. and no drums no drums so of course how could it be a hit record how could it be a hit right. record that's why it's a, it's a grooving record man that was the Wexler uh, that, that you know the Wexler school Murray the K heard it from a whole different, he heard it, it's interesting, disc jockeys, and I'm listening to an audiobook about now, about the history of DJing, about the history of the disc jockey, how important a part uh, the disc jockey played in our lives. From, uh, you know, the early days of WMCA in New York, WWRL, the Black Oriented Station, and we realize now, you know, we don't hear those. We don't hear things like that anymore. We don't. No. We don't get the joy of hearing a song first on that little car radio. That's. And I gotta it, say, I gotta say, I was, uh, I guess, fourteen when this record came. It was, it was. They say, the one of the most classic summertime records, and it sure was for me. I mean, I associate. That summer, even though '67, the album was up against Sgt. Pepper. Yes, it was. Yes, it and was. it did really well against Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, during the age of, of Sgt. Pepper, it was it was difficult to presume that you were going to be able to to compete. But it, that 
that's what the presumption was. That you had to pay attention to what the billboard charts were saying. But yeah, I mean, it, it was released in uh, July 31st of 1967, and it was number five on Billboard, number seven in the R&B chart. Eight songs were released as singles. Um, it was huge. It was monstrously huge. So compete against the Beatles at their peak and do that well. That's the Rascals. We love the Rascals. Well, we begin with this with the young Rascals. to be Felix Cavallari. I mean, you talk about these voices, uh, of all voices, and that first album with uh, Mustang Sally and Baby Let's Wait. Great, come on great up. vocals, come on up. And what you, what you have here is you've got four gentlemen who in, in some ways found each other the way that uh, the Beatles found each other and were perfect for each other. Gene Cornish right. on guitar, the late Dino Donnelly, who left us a few months ago, of course, Eddie Brigatti, and the great Felix. My understanding is that Groovin was inspired by Felix's girlfriend at the time. He Yes, right. He there, stayed, was that, yeah. there was that remark, they would say they, they lived above the Copacabana in uh, Manhattan, and when they came out their door, there was Central Park. And, you know, he used to go hang out in the park with his girlfriend. Life will be ecstasy, you and me, endlessly, which I always thought was, and Leslie. <laughs> so I thought he was uh, in a threesome. It was the you first, and me and uh, Leslie. The first threesome hit. That we, <laughs> that we know of, yeah, of course. But it was that it was that rhythm. I mean, talk about the late great Dino Dinelli, who we just lost this year. One of many, many great musicians. But it was a, a Latin groove, which um, is the bajon rhythm. Bajon. This is a Brazil Brazilian, similar to samba rhythm, and that really you hear that that drum, you know that. Sounds like a conga, but it's a by Joan. So the Rascals themselves, the Young Rascals, they were formed in Garfield, New Jersey, in 1965. I thought that they had gotten together earlier, but it was 65. Well, it was Eddie's brother um, David who was in Joey D and the Starlight. Like this. 
Exactly. So they were already uh, doing good business, that family. Did you have an opportunity to um, hear any of the live performances when they did the reunion tour? I did not. Did you? Yeah, there's some fascinating material that's, you know, when, when they did their Broadway run that Stevie Van Zandt put together. Now, we have, to, we have to take into consideration that what Felix wanted to do and what ended the young rascals is they were in, immersed in this singles-oriented career. And what Felix wanted to do was make these albums that were theme-oriented, that had sure, sure. this composure that the individual 45 RPM uh, didn't have. And that's where differences of opinion began to, uh, to ent enter the picture. Yes, and we covered one of those albums on a Captain Billy. Yes, we did. Um, the double album. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah People Gotta Be Free, uh, there was a lot of controversy around that, that because he wanted to be more politically active and um, he was getting a lot of pushback. Well, but that, those dumb outfits they had to wear initially, too, with the short pants and the... Oh, yeah, the and you see the... Little Lord Fauntleroy collars. Yeah, I mean, that couldn't have been, you know, very pleasant, looking like, you know, <laughs> Spanky and Alfalfa, you know, yeah. singing the blues. But um, the rascals, the young rascals, were put to bed uh, upon the release of Once Upon a Dream, which was the first album credited to simply the rascals. Yeah. Um, did you know that the album Groovin', and this is also something that Felix, success has an interesting way of, of, of putting you in another creative perspective. The album Groovin' had, um, which was on Atlantic Records, had eight, had 11 songs which were issued as singles or B-sides. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier that there were eight, there eight singles. Eight singles. Uh, so. You know, that's a, can you, did the Beatles ever have eight singles on one album? No. I don't know if they had eight, but that used to be the way things were done, right? But, you you know, it's striking while the iron is hot, man. You have a hot group like that, and, you know, you want to get, wring every penny out of, you know, the, the wave. I, it's interesting also that they did not have a bass player. And though, although on Groovin', they have Chuck Rainey sitting in and providing that great bass riff. Uh, it's beautiful. Now, this is one of your favorite. You, this, this, this song holds, is, is very endearing to you. Well, it's, it's funny because when we said, what do we want to do coming back? You pick, Bill. I said, well, I have this, the complete singles collection, uh, Young Rascals, and I thought, let me look at that. And then I opened it up and I went, for me, I, although there are so many songs that, that are beloved by me, by them, uh, it was like, it just was a no-brainer. Your thoughts of groups like the Rascals and why there are no longer bands making these kind of 
amazing, memorable songs one after the other? Or is it just us as older lovers of Well, yeah, that's art? part of it. I mean, you know, Stevie Van Zandt, as you said, um, uh, he's he and Springsteen, I'm sure, were, you know, milk-fed on the same stuff. And uh, you can hear it in Springsteen as well. And these are New Jersey boys. Well, Felix is from Pelham, New York, but and and Gene is from Ottawa, Kansas, Canada. Canada, but, yes, uh, Canadian. We're not in Kansas anymore. Ottawa, Canada. But um, Eddie and Dino are from the Jersey area. It's Did like you, you know, it's our it's our people. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering. I think that what had a lot to do with how we heard all these songs and why they are so memorable is because of the uh, the radio. It's it's the radio. It's it's that factor that played a part in our lives, whether it be the transistor in your bed with you, or the radio on your car, or when you're at the beach. Uh, or if you're just sitting in the park on a grooving on a Sunday afternoon, that was the way we heard music then. Now, well, now there's so many outlets and so many choices, and everything is kind of diversified. But you, I guess, you have to. Uh, listeners have to rely on something like Spotify, something that curates, uh, or through AI, as you mentioned before says, oh, you like these elements? Well, maybe you'll like this. And so new music is filtered to you in that way. But it's also similar to motion picture. Streaming music, streaming film has changed everything. Because now uh, the way films are made is kind of like the way records are made. It's kind of like you are looking for a hit to be shown in the mega theaters, but it, the 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 equality of the radio and how we heard those sounds uh, will never be repeated, and so therefore, the way those songs were recorded and the reason they were recorded, the entire Brill Building factor, which plays a part in those rascals' songs, one after sure. the other after the other. They the were... size The size of the 45 necessitated a certain length of the song. The car radio necessitated a certain fidelity, usually sort of supercharged in the treble, so it'll cut through the traffic sound. So yes, those songs had a certain character that were necessitated by listening to the radio. When you, when How Can I Be Sure would come on and, you know, they, they would pretty much program the records to, to pace them, to keep your passions in line. But well, I, I didn't go for that one, but, you know. But well, the, the, I find it fascinating that it, as much as it's not one of my favorite records, it is still indelibly etched. Uh, it, these recordings, particularly the Rascal recordings, even the ones that were not hits, are indelible. And I think that's due to 
the nature of this incredible voice that is still working to this day. He, uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame cannot do justice to the talent of someone like Felix Cavallari. Well, that's Eddie Vergrati who's singing that one. Who's singing that one, but I'm talking about the writing. You've, you've got the Songwriting Hall of Fame. You've got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You've got all of these institutions that attempt to honor the artist. And uh, I think it's getting a little out of hand because everything is getting mixed together as well as it should be, as we've had these conversations about, including Frank Sinatra. But when, the, when you go from, I ain't gonna eat out my heart anymore in Mustang Sally to how can I be sure, you are, there's an impasse here. There's an adult orientation that's beginning to take place. Sure. And you begin to lose, uh, you, somehow, you can start to lose that love and feeling a bit when the recordings are not as impassioned and hit you in your soul as hard as... And I, and I did, but, you know, that doesn't negate the, the thrills and the, uh, you know, the youthful hormonal uh, excitement. No, but good loving was, was good loving. One, two, three! Good love! talk about records that are indelible yeah. God almighty you know so yeah it's one of the great great uh, bands of, of all time and uh, the percussion style of Dino Danelli I think also had been underrated and quite often as we're experiencing now with the rapid passings of artists such as Jeff Beck and David Crosby uh, even understanding in retrospect what Lisa Marie Presley was attempting to do as a singer and songwriter. Um, we have, we are quickly seeing a generation that is uh, eclipsing and we... Well, she was younger. She, I mean, that, that's Yeah, she was well, she, she's yeah. 54 years old, but the point is... I mean, she David comes, Crosby was 81 and had diabetes, so... Yeah, but you you're know. not taking into consideration the royalty. I mean, she is... She was, no, of course. Uh, you, you know, you, nobody, she's, she's she a was, pretender to the throne. And she was... But she was also married to... She was married to Danny Keogh, Michael, Michael Jackson, and to Nicolas Cage. So, <laughs> so she really... She really... She knew, lived life to the fullest. She lived Let's life to the fullest. And also, you know... From the moment I recall the Elvis stories, the names Priscilla and Lisa Marie were 
And then 50 some odd years later, she's gone. And once again, it's who knows where the time goes. But uh, but Dino Dinelli was, you know, as you have attested, a super testosterone uh, character who really could wail on those drums. And he was a he was a jazz boho as well. Well, big fan of Gene Krupa. And that's why he would do those machinations, those those old school uh, twirling, the, the things he would do with uh with those sticks yeah. flying through the air these are all 40s jazz band uh ways to get the audience excited and yeah which is interesting so uh, he's doing this in the 60s 20 years la- after gene krupa did it exactly and 20 years after it was popularized at Car- 20 years after forgive me the carnegie hall benny goodman concert was 1939 yeah. so <laughs> you just, 39, 49, 59, 60. I mean, and everything that goes around comes around. And uh, we can only hope that the greatness of the rascals will, uh, we know they're going to remain forever. I don't think that the artists we're losing can ever be replaced. But um, what we can do is celebrate and uh, we want to create these reminders so no one ever forgets about Grooving. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna dust this, dust this. Lay that platter down, Daddy. Lay it down on the Atlantic label. Bill, you ready? I am so ready. Grooving, the young rascals. Keep on spending sunny days 
it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It makes you wanna, it makes you wanna, you see, it didn't matter if it was Central Park or if it was uh, two lovers sitting in front of a bodega in, uh, in, in Harlem. The, the spirit, what was captured was that entire spirit of love and, and the serenity. 1967, the summer of love. It's serenity. I mean, the serenity, you know, just, it's, it's beautiful. It's quite beautiful. Well, and thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, putting up with my uh, suggestion. There is and never putting up with Bill. There is only... Satisfying my lust to hear this once again. When Bill Mesnick lays down the testimony, ladies and gentlemen, you know that you have been preached to by one of the very best, one of the most educated, and one of the most intrinsically uh, fashionable human beings when it comes to all of the arts. But uh, Bill, well, thank I can... you. And I'd like to say to all of you who are listening who may not have listened to the entire canon of the Young Rascals, do so immediately. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's a must, and <laughs> yeah, it's a must. I, I think I told you that I ran into a young man who wanted to be a record producer the other day, and I mentioned Phil Spector's name, and he said, "I'm not familiar with him." Uh oh. So there are people that need to understand that if you don't know your history, it's going to be a little difficult to uh, to create a present because it's all. It's all this line we—it's a line that has been walked. Well, and as long as we're here, we're going to uh, try to keep uh, some flames burning. We're going to keep a close watch on these hearts of ours, right, Bill? Yeah, indeed. And we're going to walk that line. We hold the candle high. We hold it high and to a higher standard. <laughs> How about that? I'm really getting nice. I'm really, like, yeah, it's nice. Let's let's go before we. Yeah, know, I know. I'm starting to get full of it. All right, I love you. As I say, we love you and thank you. So, Captain Billy, and also, and the splendid Boho goes to, which is our broadcast where we celebrate the work of a character actor who enhanced a film's greatness. We will be uh, doing more of those, and we will be doing specials because there's too much going on in the world. There's too much that, uh, there's too many great stories to be told. And one of them that we hope to tell shortly is the story of the great Barney Ross, uh, who was my godfather and the first three-time uh, boxing champion of the world. And uh, also a great, uh, <laughs> great human being and a amazing story. So from North Carolina and from California, we bid you a fond farewell for this episode of uh, Put on a Stack of 45. The Splendid Bohos will be back. We love you. Thank you. Stack of 45.